0: Today on Agnes Daily.
1: Uh, so we are a co-op system made up of the FS brand. So our member companies they're flying the FS flag, they're using those different brands.
0: March 22nd, 2023 Wednesday edition of the podcast. Tanner and Delaney here, hanging out again virtually.
2: Virtually. It's the 22nd. I think you said the 23rd, but that's okay. Good try.
0: (laughs) It seems like the days go faster than anyone could imagine, so maybe nobody will notice.
2: Maybe, but today is also World Water Day, Tanner, uh, as recognized by the United Nations, which is March 22nd today.
0: Wow. World Water Day.
2: Yes, and you know, water is an important resource that as we continue to grow in population, in development, that's going to be a resource that's going to be ever more valuable, Tanner. But today, one in four people lack safe drinking water. They're estimating, the UN is estimating, that's about two billion people worldwide and almost half of the global population lack safe sanitation so there's certainly a lot to consider when you think about water from just a humanitarian standpoint but obviously from an agricultural standpoint water is the most important probably resource we could have for our crops and livestock
0: yeah that's interesting that world water day falls during national ag week of course it was kind of neat yesterday to see All the social media posts coming from a lot of different directions, uh, watching the pictures of multi-generational farms and farm history, as well as, obviously, uh, companies putting together some great montages. But uh, got a joint project from 25 different ag companies that talk about the economic output from agriculture. Overall, throughout all 50 states, the economic output rose by over $8.6 trillion from 22 to 23 the export value out of the agriculture industry is over $202 trillion in value. Largest gains in each state, Blaney. Hawaii saw 31% growth, North Dakota 26, New York 23, Florida 21. The uh, ag and food business contributed more than $947 trillion in taxes, both federal and state levels. Of course, we all know that there are a ton of jobs created from agriculture, but that means that there are also a ton of jobs that have yet to be filled. Almost 23 million jobs are tied directly to the food and agricultural sector, nearly $928 billion in wages. So that's a large segment of the U.S. economy, as all of our listeners already are well aware of. But it was kind of fun to see the dollars and cents put on paper as to how impactful ag is
2: and it certainly is impactful for sure tanner there as you mentioned but i'm going to go back to water here for a second because i have one piece of water related news today and i'm still trying to unravel exactly what it means but we're seeing some legislation and folks are seeking clarity on the clean water act a new clean water act case has been petitioned to the Supreme Court and could determine whether states have the authority to enforce the law on their own terms or must concede that authority when private citizens file Clean Water Act lawsuits. So like I said, there's a lot to unpack here. But but basically, a few years ago, there was a farm, Arabella Farms, that was in South Carolina. And they basically were a vineyard and orchard, mainly marketing themselves as a wedding venue. Well, apparently they were dumping and discharging into waters of the U.S. without a permit. However, Arabella Farms said they thought they didn't need a permit because of an agricultural exemption. They were charged $6,000 as a fine for clearing land near a body of water and dumping into these said waters without a permit. And so... The government was stepping in to handle this. However, then a private group, the Natureland Trust and Trout Unlimited, stepped in and sent an intent to sue letter to Arabella Farms over sediment damages caused by Arabella Farms to streams affected by these by this farm. So basically, it goes through a couple of different layers of legislation or a couple of different layers of courts, local court then a fourth circuit district court. And now ultimately it's headed to the Supreme court, Tanner, to say when a private group such as this one steps in, does it take precedent over what a federal government or what the government case may be? I think that's a good way to summarize all of that that's going on. But like I said, it could be uh, very important because it could set precedent for other states As to whether or not a private citizen has basically the power over legislator and governmental policy
0: interesting yeah that was a a lot to keep track of Uh, but again we will continue to watch updates there updates we're going to pay attention to today are coming from the federal reserve today wednesday the 22nd obviously is the next potential interest rate hike cut or could it stay in the same spot U.S. Federal Reserve is going to be contemplating two pressing issues, a potential banking crisis and persistent inflation. You'll we'll see here if they how they manage this dilemma and see if the benchmark for interest rates is rose, if it rises or if it stays where it's at. Uh, most polls are now calling for a 25 basis point hike. As we reported nearly a month ago, that was 50, was the largest target. There are, however, more respondents coming in with a 0% unchanged target. They will look again today to see if they want to increase the central bank's rate. And, of course, it seems to be pretty tight-lipped. Of course, now, Delaney, a lot of the uh, economists are giving their opinions But ultimately, the only opinion that matters is the committee from the Federal Reserve. So as that news breaks today, we'll be sure to give you all the updates tomorrow morning.
2: Yeah, and I saw an article reporting that the odds stand at about an 83% chance for a quarter rate hike and a 17% chance for no rate hike. So the odds are certainly in the favor of seeing a quarter to a half percent rate in hike rate hike increase today, but along that same vein, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said yesterday morning that the U.S. government is prepared to step in and protect smaller regional banks if further failures occur. After they aided the Silicon Valley and Signature Banks earlier this month, her remarks said that the steps they took in previous failures were not focused on aiding specific banks or classes of banks. And that similar actions could be warranted if more small institutions fail. Tanner, what do you make of that news?
0: Uh, That's the same type of news, in my opinion, that was shared when uh, the farm bill debate was going on, saying they were going to take care of farmers of large scale and small scale. I think it's a total PR move, in my honest opinion, but I don't doubt uh, that there will be some support. My assumption and what historically happens to smaller institutions when they fail is they're just bought by larger institutions, where when larger institutions fail, there's not a larger institution to buy them and absorb that, or at least there are very few. So historically, that's why most of the support has happened to larger banks.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for adding your commentary there. I figured you'd have some. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely yeah it's uh, that was an interesting headline we also you know got a headline resurfaced again around this rate hike in the banking industry reminding us that farmers now operating notes have nearly almost doubled if not in some instances more than that for costs for borrowing and according to the study coming out of the kansas city federal reserve bank states that that's the equivalent to the yield loss of roughly two bushels per acre. So unfortunate news there for our listeners, but I'm pretty sure we had touched on that headline before. Rolling right into the next one is a $15,000 reward is now offered in conjunction with a Northeast Iowa livestock farm vandalism case. Vandals struck this livestock farm during the middle of the winter, attempting to burn down two hog barns full of pigs. In late December, they were attempting to burn them down by throwing in Molotov cocktails. Thankfully, the damage to the barns was minimal because the crude Molotov cocktails failed to ignite the structure. However, it was still a threat to the lives and well-being of animals. So this week, the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers, CSIF, is announcing a $10,000 reward, which is combined with a $5,000 local reward for any person or persons that know what happened in this case or could bring uh, advancing information. The Almaki County Sheriff says that the reward will assist these investigators in moving forward. I didn't realize it, Delaney, but the uh, CSIF has offered more than $25,000 per instance in rewards in previous cases in 2004 they did this 2008 they did it for another hog confinement issue where hogs were turned loose in story county 2010 for offices of turkey barns in fayette bremer and chickasaw counties where vandals plugged drains and attempted to flood the offices as well as uh uh, vandals shooting at liquid propane tanks in 2012 at turkey barns in sack and calhoun county so i didn't realize that this was something that had happened in the past, but it's good to see support of our listeners.
2: Well, Tanner, I think the last couple of headlines I have here are related to world yields. After surveying soybean fields across Brazil, AgroConsult has raised their Brazilian soybean crop estimates once again, and this is going to be a monstrous crop is the bottom line here, Tanner, but AgroConsult is forecasting an increase by 2 million metric tons to a record 155 million metric tons. They're also expecting to see a record export number of 96 million metric tons of soybeans for that soybean crop. They are cutting, actually, their corn estimate to 125 million metric tons, down 5.5 million metric tons from their previous forecast. Uh, So saying the safrina crop is getting a little bit smaller, but all in all, still going to see a large safrina crop coming out of Brazil as well. And then when we turn our attention here to Ukraine, they are also potentially adjusting production numbers. Ukraine, which expects a 15% decrease in their 2023 corn harvest, may lower their crop forecast even further, a senior Ukrainian official said on Wednesday Corn is a key Ukrainian export, as we know, and is accounted for around 58 percent of their overall exports so far for the 22-23 season. But the agricultural ministry said this week the country's 2023 corn production could fall to 21.7 million tons, down from 25.6 million tons last year, or a drop in acres of about 4 million tons. And they said the de- the decrease in harvest could be even bigger, Tanner, especially if we see continued warfare going on here between Russia and Ukraine.
0: Yeah, interesting. As you know, it seems like those numbers are ever changing. The last headline I've got is Nevada's Nevada. Sorry, that'd be the local town in Iowa. Nevada's governor, Joe Lombardo, is heavily criticizing President Biden for a designation of a new national monument in his state states that ever since the White House had begun discussions around this monument, that nobody has reached out to the state's governor's office in consideration of this project. How many acres, Delaney, do you think this monument is projected to take over?
2: Uh, 50. I have no idea.
0: 506,000 oh. acres, almost 507,000 acre monument, obviously. There are some major implications to a space that large being taken up for a monument. This would be a monument towards uh, the indigenous people of the area, the indigenous tribes. According to the White House, this is a project that is uh, one that Biden is in full support of. But according to the governor's office in Nevada, they are continuing to try to get attention because there is mineral mining areas, long planned bipartisan economic development efforts. Even though they do butt up to the Mojave Desert, uh, it is an area in which the state is continuing to push back at the White House. So we'll see if that has any implications on our farmer friends in that area and what that means for a, pro- a project of that size and scope. But that's the last headline I have for today.
2: I'm just baffled, what kind of monument is this where it's taking up that many acres?
0: Correct, sounds like, to me, more of a reserve, but it is labeled oh, as a monument. Or
2: something, yeah, no kidding, wow. Well, that's unfortunate there, we're taking up all of those acres because, I mean, I'm sure some of those acres are not super farmable considering where it's located, but wow.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
2: I think, Tanner, the last thing we've got to cover here before we get into today's interview is markets. And as we take a look here at the overnights, we saw yesterday the fifth daily flash corn sale to China in the past six sessions. We also saw that soybeans have been failing to surpass their um 20 day or excuse me 200 day moving average and they have been extremely low there we've seen the wide widening of the old crop new crop spread and so all in all we're seeing a lot of mixed factors come into play as we look at markets today but as we head into the opening session here we're seeing right across the screen may new crop corn will open three and a half cents lower at 626 and a half New crop corn down seven pennies in the overnight to open at five forty nine and three quarters. That China sale did nothing to push markets higher. May soybeans down seven cents here at the morning to open at fourteen sixty. And new crop beans down eleven and a half cents will open at 1284 and a half. May hard red winter wheat down 15 and a half cents will open at 804 and three quarters. And as we take up the livestock complex today, April live cattle yesterday finished 40 cents higher on the board at a buck 62, 42 and a half. April feeders will open at a buck ninety four seventy, and April lean hawks will open this morning at 77.05. Tanner, without further ado, we're kicking it over to a conversation that Jennifer had last week at her PAS convention.
0: What do you search when you're in the market to
3: buy farm equipment?
0: For 45 years, FastLine Marketing Group has served the farming community with quality farm equipment listings for tractors, combines, hay and forage equipment, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Check out FastLine.com for availability on all your favorite makes and models of equipment. And if you're an equipment dealer, put FastLine's industry-leading social media following and marketing expertise to work for you. Baseline Marketing Group is the farmer resource and marketing partner of choice in the agriculture industry.
3: With it being March, internship season is upon all of us. And with FS and GrowMark, I have Amy Hazelbring. Amy, could you introduce yourself and talk a little
1: bit about your position? Yeah. um, Thank you for having me. I'm our member and student recruiting manager, and so I have the opportunity to work with both of our internship programs that we have in North America, as well as our member cooperatives in doing anything from like sourcing for different positions. My team also does kind of like consulting for human resources um, and just supporting our members any way we can. That's awesome.
3: And so with recruiting and I actually had the opportunity to meet you at PAS conference, how should students look into FS Growmark Mark and the opportunities that they have and what opportunities do you offer for students to be able to grow within?
1: Yeah, great question. So we have a careers page. So if you go out to growmark.com, there's an option on the top of that website uh, that you can click on and it'll say careers. It takes you to a site that has the careers across our entire system. So our entire um, territory and product footprint that we have. And you can sort by location. You could sort by job interest. You can also set up a job alert. So as a student, you know, potentially looking for those different jobs, that job alert section allows you to type in any area areas of interest that you have so you know maybe you want to go into communications and marketing so you could set one up for like communications marketing writing editing video social media like all the things all the keywords so when a job description comes through with those keywords it's automatically emailed to you Um, so that's one way we also are out there on LinkedIn and so you can go follow us on LinkedIn you know follow Growmark, and we post jobs out there as well Okay, so I'm hearing
3: that GrowMark has more opportunities than just things related to um, like fertilizer or agronomy internships is kind of what I'm gathering because I guess growing up in southwest Iowa, I've heard a lot about um, those type of internships, but you're mentioning more with communications as well, right?
1: We have internships across the board and career opportunities across the board. Yes, agronomy is huge for us. Um, agronomy and energy as well. And so I actually started in energy. Um, little little bias there. And shout out to the energy department. But we have opportunities um, also in accounting. We've got opportunities in general business. There's some um, um, just across the board like IT. You know anything like if you have an interest, there is an opportunity in the system for you somewhere.
3: Okay. And then you mentioned you started out in energy.
1: Did you start out as an intern there? I did. So I was actually an energy intern um, and I had the opportunity to work with the electronic payment systems in our energy division. And so that's a a fancy way of saying credit card. Um, And why that was an energy was for our fast stop locations or like a fueling location that we would have Um, the credit card systems that are in those fuel pumps. Specifically, this team worked with that Uh, great team. It was a great opportunity. And I also focused on marketing while I was in that role.
3: Awesome, so then diving in specifically, you are located in Champaign, Illinois, right? Uh, We're actually located out of Bloomington, Illinois. Bloomington, okay, that's right. But are there specific internships that you would be able to work with students right now if they're interested in learning
1: more and connecting with you? We do have a couple of opportunities out on the career page. Um, the internship season for us so when we really heavily recruit for those opportunities would be in the fall. So when we are gearing up to head out to campus for the fall career fair season, um, definitely take a look at the career site then. That's when we'll be heavily filling the positions for those types of roles. But I mean, be, if you're open to part-time work or you're open to um, working while at school and things of that nature, definitely check out the site too because those types of more seasonal seasonal roles, part-time roles, those are all posted out there as well.
3: Absolutely. And then touching more on FS and GrowMark, because I just learned that they're kind of two separate entities, but also built into each other. Could you explain the difference between them? Because I know at least coming from my standpoint, it's a little confusing, but it's great information to learn about the differences between them.
1: Yeah, great question. We, we receive this question a lot. Um, we are an ag retail cooperative. Uh, so we are a co-op system made up of the FS brand. So our member companies, they're flying the FS flag. They're using those different brands. Um, and they have the opportunity to be a part of the FS system or our co-op system. And so they're utilizing different products and services from agronomy to energy, everything you know that we would have the opportunity to offer our customers. Um, I think it's really cool being a part of the co-op system because we are owned and operated by our customers so you know our farmers that are utilizing those products and services um, they own our member cooperatives our member cooperatives then own Growmark. we're like the wholesale resale wholesale retailer in that relationship
3: okay so then as the customers owning fsn pretty much is how you explained it, right? Um, How do you operate and how is that more beneficial for the customers compared to other opportunities out there where they could get similar resources?
1: Another great question. So our local FS co-ops, they have a board of directors made up of those local customers or those local farmers um, that have a say in how the business is ran. Um, And so that's where our roots really came from when FS was founded because they want a reliable supply chain. That's the whole point of a cooperative amongst some other things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to focus on providing that reliable supply chain at their local level, what are their needs in that specific local community? And that might vary from Iowa, like you mentioned to a co-op that we have in Wisconsin and those board of directors have the opportunity to kind of navigate that Um, and then also it keeps us on the front end of customer experience that we're providing because I mean we are owned and operated by our customers so it's very important that we're serving their needs um, and so it's kind of a unique business model that we have
3: definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time and I'm excited to get to learn more about FS and Gromark.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. It was great meeting you at PAS and I wish you luck and safe travels home. Thank
3: you.
0: glad to bring in another perspective another interview style to share with our listeners so we appreciate jennifer doing that for us
2: we absolutely do and she had a good conversation there with amy so always great to hear a little update from the retail side of the world tanner
0: that's correct i'm excited though to jump into the headlines tomorrow morning so make sure you guys check back with us tomorrow what do you say delinean for today should we let them go
2: let's let them go